Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Complete Wealth Management Podcast. I'm Dave Allison, and in today's episode, I've got two very special guests, actually a client experience spotlight today. I have Jane and James Pierce joining us and actually joining us from quite a unique location. The title of this episode, I thought I was uh, quite clever with this one, Sailing Into in early retirement with James and Jane. And the reason we call it sailing into is they have left the Bay Area, left the workforce, and are now officially retired and living on a sailboat and broadcasting this podcast from the sailboat. So James and Jane, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yes. Absolutely. So where are you? Where in the world are you right now? I know you're in the sailboat, you're inside, but whereabouts in the world are you? So we're um, we're actually in Trinidad and Tobago, specifically Tobago, and on the on the eastern coast. There's a nice little anchorage there, some great scuba diving and snorkeling. Um, so that's where we've been hanging out on our sailboat scout for a few days. And um, yeah, so we, we we've had a long journey to get down here. And I don't know whether you, do you wanted to say a little bit more about that. I could do. You want to know all the places we've been? No, it's a long story, but we'll, we'll summarize it. Yeah, we started off in Boston about a year and a little bit ago. So we both left the Bay Area basically at the end of uh, May, start of June 2022. I moved straight on board the boat in Boston and uh, spent the summer up in the uh, Cape Cod and sort of Maine area which is a pretty great way to get to know the boat and learn all its little foibles. And then we came down the east coast of the U.S., past the, you know, through New York, past the Statue of Liberty, down to the Delaware and Chesapeake bays. Then once the hurricane season was officially over, we headed down. Actually, we came by Charleston at one point. Yeah, uh, I got to Florida. actually get on Scout and, yeah. and a little you too hard and yeah. have some dinner in Charleston, so... Yeah, yeah, we thought we'd come and say hi. Um, and then, yeah, headed over to the Bahamas in December. And since then, we've just been hopping our way down island by island through the Bahamas, Turks and Caicos, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, and then lots of Caribbean or Caribbean islands all the way down to Grenada through the start of the hurricane season because it's generally just south of where, you know, the hurricanes hit. Um, and so for insurance reasons, it's good to be kind of out of trouble. And then, uh, yeah, after a few months in Grenada, we've set sail south again. And so, yeah, Trinidad and Tobago was the next spot. Here we are. Yeah. That is awesome. That is awesome. And we'll definitely talk a little bit more about that through the episode. But um, obviously, you know, being in the financial services, being kind of a wealth management type of podcast, one of the reasons that I was really, really excited for the two of you to join and kind of be the first client spotlight that we did on this podcast is... You know, I'm such a big believer that, you know, we work really hard, we earn a living, and money at the end of the day is just kind of a means to the true fulfillment that we have in life. And I think you two are just such a great example of that, where, you know, the traditional, I guess, call it US retirement age might be, you know, 65 or 67, or, you know, even in some cases, all the way up to age 70. And, you know, people spend a long time in the workforce and then they say, oh, one day I'll be able to go retire and one day I'll be able to see the world and one day I'll be able to do all these things. But um, in many cases, they end up working a really long time and they retire and, and maybe by the time they're 65 or 70 or even later, 
they don't have the health or the energy or the resources to go do all the things that they said one day we wish we could be able to. And I remember, you know, we met for the first time. I'd, I'd have to pinpoint, I think, James, you and I had a conversation. It must have been like 2018, 2019, yeah. I want to say. Um, and you guys were living in Palo Alto and, and, kind of looking for an advisor. And at the time, we didn't start working together. And then it was a couple of years later, I think you reached back out and said, hey, we're thinking about retiring. You know, we need some help or some guidance. And, and that was initially how our relationship kicked off. And I, I want to talk kind of a little bit about that shortly, but um, really kind of the purpose of why I thought you could bring a lot of value to some of the listeners here is um, I'm sure you two had not just the kind of quantitative decisions of like, do we have enough money to be able to retire? How do we s generate a sustainable retirement income stream? All the stuff that kind of we work on with you, but also like those qualitative factors of leaving the workforce and being able to pursue things that you are truly passionate about. And I think that can really help some other listeners. But before we kind of dive into all that and the sailing and the journey that you guys have experienced over the last 12 months or so, um, can you just talk a little bit about the Pierces? Obviously, that is not a native Palo Alto um, accent that I hear there. So I'd love to just, you know, hear both of your kind of backstories, because I remember you sharing a little bit, and it seems like you've had, you know, somewhat of an adventurous past as well. It's not just picking up and moving on a sailboat, but it's been kind of in your DNA for a while. But um, if you wouldn't mind just kind of sharing how you ended up in Palo Alto, and um, and then we can kind of transition into the type of work that both of you were in prior to the decision to leave the workforce and go pursue life on a sailboat? Um, so we we originate from the UK um, and we have two children. Um, and um, uh, yeah, back in, in the UK, we, we decided to leave the UK when they were quite young. So this was probably about uh, 15 or 16 years ago. And we moved to Dublin for about two or three years. And that was, that was a fun chapter of our lives. James was, or he'd, he'd been working in tech before then and he, he went to work for a startup there. And, and I was there looking after the kids preschool and that was fun. That was a really good, um, chapter for both our lives then. But we, but already, you know, we were interested in travel and we, we wanted to seek out more of an, more of a challenging environment now that the, um, the kids were beyond, you know, wearing diapers and so on. And so we moved to India for a year and we lived, I, I worked on a vineyard. My, my, uh, my background is marketing. And so I worked on a vineyard in India. I know that's a little, sounds a little unusual, but it, it, it is, it's a quite a big thing in India. And, um, James continued doing some freelance, um, programming as well. So that, that was fun. And the kids got, had a really good environment. Um, they, um, learned, they spoke Hindi and, Mar and Bharati, Marathi rather. And, uh, um, and then we went traveling around Asia. We went backpacking around Asia. That was fun for several months. And then after that, we landed, the Pierces landed in Belize for a year. And we, the, the kids went to a local school there. That was, that was really good fun. Um, on an island called Ambergris Key. And, um, I did some volunteering. I worked at the school and, um, James continued with some more programming. He actually wrote a book on the mobile internet. And then, um, that, that was our exit to the Bay Area. So, and then in 2011, was it? We moved to the Bay Area 
and um, James, he, he got a job initially at a startup, but then transferred to Facebook. And I ultimately then went on to work uh, at Stanford in marketing. So I think that's kind of kind of it in a nutshell. Um, quite exciting. Yeah, and I was going to say, as I recall in Belize, James wasn't the only author, though. You published a book too, didn't you? Oh, yeah. I actually wrote a children's book as well. You're right. Um, well, we were in Belize. That was fun. Um, yeah. So that was a great opportunity for me to learn about the, about the country, um, the eyes of a child. Yeah. And also provide something for my kids. Yeah. So um, that's pretty much it. Um, did I miss any countries out, James? Oh, that's all right. Yeah. Okay. But to preempt, I think to preempt one of your next questions, um, it's important to stress that, you know, we try to do this sort of peripatetic lifestyle relatively responsibly. So we figured that once the kids were going to end up in middle school or senior school, they were probably going to want to be in one place for a decent period of time. But whilst they were two to seven, kind of age Mm. there was going to be a lot more flexibility for them to be able to move schools without too much disruption and so we we figured that like if there was going to be a time when we traveled and uh, exposed them to different cultures and different countries that was going to be the period of of time when it was best to do that and so ireland india belize these are all i hope you know very formative experiences for them they got to go to different schools make lots of different friends Um, but then once they got to the u.s they were able to settle down and you know, obviously schools started to become a little bit more um, academic. And the reason I say that's preempting your next question, I would say, is that obviously the step we've just taken to leave the Bay Area altogether and move on a boat is also partly predicated by our dreams, but it's also um, about there being just the right timing. Right? Yes. There's this window um, where we're able to do it. The kids have just left high school, so they've both gone yes. off to college. Um, you know, our parents are still in good health mostly. And so it really was this window where, okay, that's the opportunity for us to do this. And, you know, we, we think as much about that as we do about, oh, do we have enough money in the bank to better do it? So yeah, timing uh, is very, has been very important. Timing is the thing. You've yeah. got to have the dream, obviously, but um, you can't, like you say, keep kicking yeah. the idea or the can down the road every year because yeah. uh, eventually those windows close. So. Yeah. And certainly our, our life, our chapter in Palo Alto was, was um, really um, a really good opportunity for the kids to grow in themselves in a safe environment. Uh, and I think they they really appreciated that uh, having that uh, chance to take root for a while. You know, but, but at the same time, they were they were very happy with our lives predating that. You know, uh, when we were living in India and Belize, um, they had that semi nomadic lifestyle to them. But at the same time, I think they were happy to also you know make friends and know that those you know, they were still going to be there in a year's time, for example. Well, yeah. I love what you said about the timing. Because like, again, hearing perspective from other clients, you saw this as an opportunistic time saying, hey, both the kids are now finished with high school and going off to college. But financially, I hear a lot of people make an excuse why that might not be the time. They might be like, well, I can't think about not working now. I have two kids going off to college and to pay for. So, you know, I love the mindset and the attitude that you actually brought to that of, hey, this is actually the most opportune time. Our health is here. Our parents' health is here. Our kids are out of the house. And, you know, we put them through a stable time period in high school, but but now they're gone and and they're off at university. And so now's our time to get out and do this. I would say, actually, maybe we should say how old we are as well, right? Um, cause we're talking about timing and age and so on. So yeah, we are, we are in our early fifties. 
just yeah. just for the record. <laughs> so yeah. There is this sort of period between 50 and 65 where, you know, you've got this sort of en- empty nest syndrome potentially. And I I don't know, maybe this, this is just my, my personal take. That seems like a very long time to just sort of have to kind of spin the wheels waiting for retirement you know what i mean mm. when you're still healthy you've still got dreams your kids are independent you know what i mean we 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 would have just been going back and forwards from the house to work and and back again and um but that's actually probably the time we want to be out doing something like this the other thing i'll say is that sailing and, and this kind of life is quite physical right sailing a boat is hard work mm-hmm. and we you know we encounter a lot of people who've waited until they're 65 or 70 yes. to do this sort of thing and it's hard because you know maybe their health isn't what it used to be mm-hmm. or they're not as fit as they used to be and they have to take things a lot easier and they kind of end up just you know taking much uh, you know staying much closer to home and uh, you know i felt like We've probably still got another five, ten years of of decent health where we can actually rise to the challenge of sailing boats across oceans, which is, uh, you know, what we want to do. Yeah, yeah, and also not only that, um, but um, as far as timing is concerned, is who knows there may be, you know, grandchildren in the future, and um, we hear this a lot from other people who are who have retired at age sixty-five and they're on their boat, Um, but they're they're they they're um, they they end up leaving it all behind because a, a grandchild arrives and so so that puts an end to their to their sailing vision um but for us you know i don't know i'm, I'm hoping there won't be any grandchildren too soon in the future but... if you're watching this <laughs> yes. just hang in there yeah uh, yeah right. get okay. through university yeah. first at least travel you could do so yeah yeah so um so another another again another window of opportunity really um of course, we're we, you know we're this is all hypothetical as well, right? You know, tomorrow our health could deteriorate, or our parents, or whatever. Um, so, but so we take this window when we can, and not only that, um, this we've been planning this for a few years. So prior to the to the kids leaving home and going off to college, we we saw this as a potential window opportunity. So we because we had to plan the boat and, and so on. So, but we always knew that there were going to be things that could, that could um, be thrown into the mix, like COVID, for example, recession. Uh, yeah. So, so, um, but you know, it, ha- it hasn't hindered our plans. Too yeah, much. you got to keep got to yeah. keep pushing ahead. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. So, I, I love you know. It sounds like a lot of personal motivations, like you shared, a lot of great examples that were you know quite well thought out. Um, and to your point, it's not like you woke up one day and said you know, hey, honey, you want to go live on a sailboat and get out of here? It sounds like a lot of preparation and a lot of planning. I think, Jane, I think you might have shared this with, with me at one time. I mean, you started on, you guys built Scout. Um, so it's not like you just found it at a dealer and bought the sailboat no, Scout. It's two years, so, two or more years in the making, yeah. Two or more years in the making, plenty of yeah. kind of runway. And then, um, you know, obviously the the components of thinking about leaving work. I know a lot of the qualitative factors you just shared, passion for travel, passion for, you know, seeing the world when you can and when you have the health to do so, passion for sailing and being in the physical health to actually run a sailboat and the parents and the children, you know, you're kind of in what I would call in financial planning, that sandwich generation where, you you know, you got the uh, parents to think about as well as children to think about, and you're kind of the sandwich in the middle. Um, so thinking about quantitative and qualitative factors going on in their life. Um, but 
Talk to me a little bit about kind of the quantitative considerations, because, um, you know, without sharing any details, the reality of, you know, most people as they reach their mid 40s, their early 50s, their, their late 50s, they tend to also be in some of their kind of key earning years. Um, and, you know, walk us through kind of just some thoughts that went through, you know, the conversation of, hey, is this actually the right thing to do? Should we walk away from the workforce right now? And, you know, James, obviously at Facebook, there was, you know, stock and every tech company has vesting schedules and thought of walking away from company stock and unvested stock, which tend to be kind of some of the golden handcuffs that keep people from doing this. But, um, you know, what did what did any of that kind of look like for you just conversationally? Well, you alluded to this, I think, a little bit. You always feel like, oh, if we just wait another six months, I'll get that promo or I'll get another bonus or there'll be another stock vest. And like that's a rat race. I mean, that, you never get off that treadmill until... You know, you legally you legally need to stop. At some point, you've got to, you've just got to call it. And you know, I'd like to think that if I had stayed at Facebook or, or Meta, um, you know, I would have had a healthy career from from where I was. Um, and great, I would have got to sixty five, and I would, you know, have a little bit more in the bank account. And but I've missed out on fifteen years worth of adventuring around the world with my wife. So, you know, at some point, you've got to say what, what's really important. And just chasing after that next job title or chasing after that next lump of money in your bank account, that, that can be, well, not fatal in, in the sense that, um, you know, it's not the end of the world if you do, but it's, it's for us, not, not, not the trade-off we were prepared to make. And uh, you know, obviously it was a lucky decade or not lucky necessarily, but like it was a good decade for, for Facebook and for the tech industry in general. Um, so we had we had done relatively well. Um, we'd had the chance to invest in real estate. So we had a house in Palo Alto, which we had to sell to, to be able to do this. And yeah, like at the end of the day, you just weigh up all those quantitative things with the qualitative things. And in our case, the, the quality of life won pretty easily. Um, and I will say, just to go back and maybe you know provide a little addendum to your intro where you said we are officially retired. I mean, it's official, right? We haven't signed yeah. some document that says we'll never go back and do some work if we need to. So um, I think we're both lucky, both with my my kind of online skills and, and Jane's design and marketing skills. Like we very easily can keep ourselves busy, both just to keep our brains ticking over or to make a little bit of extra money if we ever needed to. And, uh, you know, fortunately, and I don't see that as a, a one-way street, you know, times are really tough and there's like some four-year-long a recession and our financial advisor doesn't get us through it properly then you know we can always uh, go back to the work uh, the workhouse and do a bit of uh, do a bit of work to, to top up the coffers so yeah that, that's been another thing i think that helped us make make this decision knowing that you know it's not not a, an irreversible decision and our skills are going to be pretty transferable if we ever needed to go back and, and and do a little bit more yeah let's talk about that for a minute and and so you know, again, I think the word retirement is the wrong word. I think, you know, a lot of our clients, they get to a work optional, you know, uh, place in their life where they can go pursue other passions that they have, in your case, traveling, sailing, doing the things that you want to do. I know, James, just in in working with other Facebook clients, like, you know, when you're at Facebook or you're working with at a company like that, you're surrounded by some of the smartest people in the world. And I would imagine, um, it can be a pretty competitive and challenging environment to be in, especially like you were there for what well over ten years, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there 
there's also not a lot of people from from what I've heard that that have been at a company like Facebook for more than a 10 year time period. So you had some longevity at the company when you decided to to leave, right? Yeah. Um yeah, I mean that was actually that was arguably a harder part of the decision than the than the financial one was just, you know, the friends and relationships and and the work we were doing, you know, walking away from all of that. Like I still felt there were lots of things that needed to be done. You know, I believed in the company's mission and a lot of what it was trying to achieve. And uh, yeah, g- giving up on that and, and that sort of large element of, of purpose in my life. Um, and so that worried me a little bit, actually. It was that I was going to suddenly be at the loose end and not know what to do and not have that kind of creative purpose to keep me moving forward. Of course, I didn't need to worry at all because the minute I stopped working there, I jumped up something else to do. And you know, so I've had plenty of things to do in my in my spare time, which may not be uh, as financially, you know, successful as, as Facebook, but but which keep my brain working, which keep me interacting with people online. Um, you know, I'm, I'm basically writing open source software, so I'm still getting to interact with the same kinds of smart people that I did in the professional realm. Even though I'm in the middle of nowhere, I can you know still get to have those relationships, and that fills that kind of big purpose checkbox that that I need to to fill. And Jane's the same; she's got a whole bunch of well, you can talk about it yourself, but you know, a lot, a lot of things that we use to keep our brains going. And yeah, and I think that's that- really important, actually. Um, you know, a lot of people they say, "Well, what do you do?" You know, with your time, assuming they think that we've retired. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's true. You know, there is a lot of time that where we ha- we which we have to ourselves when we're not sailing. And, and not only that, but we, you know, we, it's an, for me, I see it as an opportunity to do all those things now that I wasn't able to do. I didn't have the time to do while we were busy working and, they, and obviously taking care of the kids with them growing up. So, so now I've got, you know, I can learn a language. I can read all those books. I can do that art or whatever. Um, it, it's great. It's, it's like all those things that I just wasn't able to do. I, I put off. I, I'm able to do now. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest difference, especially in the pattern of early retirement. I mean, I've seen so many times through, you know, the opportunities that I have in helping people retire that if they wait a long time and then they retire, it's almost like when they leave the workforce, they lose their purpose in life or their identity a little bit because they spent so much time helping build the company that they've built. And it's just like they kind of flounder and they get lost, but it sounds like you guys have done a great job at, you know, filling that void of keeping yourself like, I mean, James, in your case, I would imagine um, it's a lot of technical, you know, capabilities to stay on top of what's happening in, in tech and in, in your field, the things that, that you're doing right now to keep you on top of your game. Yeah, but all I need is a cell signal, <laughs> right? And then I got it. So I don't need to be physically located in Silicon Valley anymore. Arguably more enjoyable, right? Because I get to do it entirely on my terms and I you know, I get to learn whatever technology I want to learn. I get to build whatever it is I want to build. And uh, if it's successful, great. If it isn't, well, who cares? I learned some stuff. So it's, uh, yeah, it's actually uh, a pretty, pretty sweet outcome. What's been kind of any unexpected challenges or aspects of, you know, this whole leaving... I can't say retirement anymore because I, I can't say you're retired, right? But leaving leaving the full-time workforce at Stanford and at Facebook or Meta to kind of the adjustment that that you have right now. What is, if you were to look back over the last 18 months and say, oh, I wasn't anticipating this happening, or you know, maybe if somebody else preparing to do something similar to this, maybe not live on a sailboat, but go pursue something different in their life, any anything that kind of stands out to you other than 
Of course, the year you decide to do it, we have a big stock market correction on top of it. Um, but we've weathered that storm. We had a plan in place, right? We had the, we had the soon bucket funded of the bucket plan that got us there. But any any kind of big unexpected challenges? I don't think of any. Boats are very expensive. They are. And we knew they were very expensive, but they're still very expensive. <laughs> However much money you think you're going to spend on a boat, you're wrong. Yeah. Um, as people yeah. say, they, a sailing boat is the most expensive way to travel for free. Yeah. And I would say before we set out on this whole journey, obviously, we, we sat down with you and we had a you know, what we thought our annual expenditures were going to be, both kind of CapEx and OpEx. Yeah. The first year of a boat, like there was way more, I think, CapEx than we were expecting. Oh, you know, we've got to buy a life raft. Oh, we've got to buy a kayak. Oh, we've got to buy a wing foil. Oh, you know what I mean? You need to buy a wing foil. I we, 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 we did buy a wing foil. And, um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I think that first year, it's not, I, I think we have to just accept it's not a steady state. And it would be easy to get freaked out by that. It would be easy to look at all this CapEx and kind of confuse it for ongoing OPEX and then, start to worry that you're going to be able to make it. But I think after, yeah, probably almost literally a year, you know, our expenditures kind of settled down a bit. Yeah. Um, the boat, we kind of know what's what, got a better sense of what what things cost. Um, obviously, we're also in a relatively cheap part of the world. It doesn't cost a lot to anchor for free in, you know. Yeah. And most of the time we are just anchoring. Um, yeah. And, you know, we're not having to stay in expensive marinas and so forth. And so, yeah, I, I think just understanding that there are going to be these kind of very lumpy expenditure periods, um, which I, I guess is true of anyone that's, that's retiring and actually planning to do something, right? Because mm-hmm. those some things are going to be irregular and they're going to come up with different costs. And so doing an annual budget was just kind of a, a tricky thing to start off with. Um, yeah. But I think we've we've refined yeah. that now. Mm-hmm. I mean, speaking for myself, it wasn't something that was keeping me awake at night, but it, it was just something that I think we yeah, there's we probably knew we could never prepare for that. Um, but and I think that's so you know the, to your point and and you you made a good comment. Maybe you're not going to go live on a sailboat for other people that are, that are listening to this and might not have the exact same challenges. But typically, what I see your first year in retirement, I mean, it's just a lot of unknowns. Um, you know, when you retire, every day is like a Saturday. And if you think about Monday through Sunday, you typically spend your, your the, the most amount of money on a Saturday because you're out and about and doing things and going out to dinner or, you know, whatnot. And obviously, you guys are a little more confined, especially if you're not at port or, or anchored and you're out sailing. It's not like you're ordering on Amazon every day or going out to dinner every night. So you, you might have some of those, you know, different budgetary concerns your first year in retirement, but it it makes a lot of people very nervous that that first year of just trying to figure out how these expenses are going to settle in and what does it look like. And, you know, it's why we always think about when you start to think about retirement income, it's like bumper bowling that, you know, you try to put up two bumpers on either side from really throwing a gutter ball, but you're going to bounce around quite a bit for that first year to two years as you settle into things. Yeah, and like you said, it was also a year when the markets were pretty confused, um, and and so I could imagine if you project, you know, oh, are the next twenty years going to be like this year? Then yeah, you're going to have a lot of sleep sleepless nights. Um, but I think you know, able with your help to look at the bigger picture, think about these larger cycles, and you know, there are these anomalous years or, or periods of, of, of financial turmoil, but they never last that long, and and so you know, just realize that. You know, the nature of averages is that, you know, there'll be other years which seem very boring and, and, and the, where the growth is more healthy and so forth. And you just have to wait for those to come to um, and not get spooked by, you know, the anomalies. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, as we land the plane, you have two quick, two kind of final wrap ups for you. So what was your favorite destination along the East Coast as you were traveling down? And then flip side, what's been your favorite destination in the Caribbean so far? Well, I don't know. We're going to run through mentally all the places we've been to. Um, Actually, Maine, I I like Maine a lot. It was really beautiful part of the world i think there's like maybe one or two months a year when it's just like absolutely phenomenal um so we were up there in uh, june into july and uh, yeah i I really really love that there's a place called bar harbor we got to it's pretty much the furthest north we got and uh, yeah beautiful mountains lots of hiking the kayaking and not too much fog and so that was really spectacular. That was like nowhere else we'd ever been in the US, um, I think. So, yeah, I enjoyed that. But then again, we were also in New York. You know, we sailed for yeah. past Manhattan. That was, that was, that was my favorite. It was, it was, it was being able to take our own boat down through Manhattan there. Did we anchor? We did. We anchored. Um, oh, just did. down. Yeah. James, somewhere along the way, you anchored up and actually spoke at a tech conference, didn't you? Oh, yeah. That was the place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When we were yeah. in New York, there happened yeah. to be a <laughs> JavaScript conference going yeah. on. So I hopped off the boat and scampered across and gave a talk and got back on again. Um, But uh, yeah, no, that was great. And then, well, obviously we enjoyed Charleston. That was another part of the world we'd never been to um, as we we came further south. As for the Caribbean, I actually really like the southern part of the Bahamas, which I guess isn't technically the Caribbean, but it's um, uh, a little bit harder to get to. There are islands that, you know, a little bit off the beaten track, pretty remote, Beautiful blue waters, nice shallow bays, um, and lots of lobsters and fish to go. He likes catch. catching lobsters. Uh, yeah. uh, but uh, yeah, I, I really love the the Bahamas. But yeah, the whole of the Caribbean is yeah. is obviously awesome. I I really liked Guadeloupe. That was my favorite, just maybe because of the French connection and the food. Yeah, yeah it was really nice. Yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, this is this is the start of our next season. So having headed out from Grenada, we're obviously here in Tobago. Uh, we are. Mm, looking for a lucky weather window to see whether we can get the wind to take us down to South America for a little bit. Uh, we'd love to go and explore places like Guyana and Suriname, mm. but that's very dependent on the wind. And so if that doesn't happen, uh, we'll probably just hang out here for a bit. But yeah, we're hoping to, uh, over the course of the next six to seven months, move westwards across the Caribbean. So we get to go to places like Cuba and Jamaica and Belize. The ABC and- Islands. Um, yeah, maybe end up getting down to towards Panama, and then yeah. by by then we're thinking about what to do after Panama. Who knows? That's another season. Sounds like it. Another well, podcast. That all sounds absolutely amazing. If if anyone wants to follow the the journey, scout sailing on Facebook, right? They can they can go, and I know you guys are always pic- uh, posting pictures of the journey along the way. It looks absolutely amazing, and uh, we'll just kind of wrap up with one additional thing. I mean, if if somebody's listening and they have the financial wherewithal, what's your advice? Kind of looking back again over the last two years, is it just do it? What do you think in terms of any peace of mind or or additional insight you could give somebody on something like this? Uh, well, for me, it'd be if you've got the passion to, and you really want to do something, then go ahead and do it, regardless of you know the financial situation, right? Um, we know I'm that not, we I know legally that. can't say that. I'm licensed. I'm a financial advisor. Yeah. <laughs> go yeah. blow all your money on a worldwide trip, but yeah. <laughs> I'm just um, joking. Yeah. No, I don't think we just said let's go do it. Like I mean, we we we. Like I said, 
thought about the considerations, made sure we were doing responsibly, but you know, we were very self-aware about not having that, oh, let's just put it off a little bit kind of thing. So that, I think that would be my advice. Think about what it is you want to do and plan around that rather than looking in your bank account, waiting for that to get to a certain number and then deciding what to do. So yeah. make sure that you haven't confused the means with the end. Yeah. Um, focus on the end and the means will take care of themselves. That's great. That's fantastic. Proper planning like anything else. And uh, James and Jana, thank you so much. I see the, the boat rocking in the background. I think I might have just saw a peak of a mountain or something behind you there as we went one way. Um, so we will let you run. Hopefully we have a good break in the weather and you could get on with uh, your journey. And uh, this was fantastic. Thank you so much for the time and uh, for being such a great client at Allison Wealth. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you for all your Thank support you. so far. And uh, yeah, hope this is helpful for someone. Sounds yeah. good. Thanks, everyone. Financial planning and advisory services are offered through Prosperity Capital Advisor, PCA, an SEC-registered investment advisor with its principal place of business in the state of Ohio. Allison Wealth Management and PCA are separate, non-affiliated entities. PCA does not provide tax or legal advice. Insurance and tax services offered through Allison Wealth Management are not affiliated with PCA. Information received from this video should not be viewed as individual investment advice. Content may have been created by a third party and was not written or created by a PCA-affiliated advisor and does not represent the views and opinions of PCA or its subsidiary. For information pertaining to the registration status of PCA, please contact the firm or refer to the Investment Advisor Public Disclosure website. For additional information about PCA, including fees and services, send for our disclosure statement as set forth on Form ADB from PCA using the contact information here. Please read the disclosure statement carefully before you invest or send money.